Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JTandTheDon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci, and remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And please leave us a five-star review. It has been a busy news day in sports this week, uh, this past Tuesday in particular. So let me welcome in everyone's favorite, JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? It's funny. I think you almost forgot to introduce me. You just wanted to start the show so fast. He was about to go to the first question. He's like, oh, wait a minute. I actually got somebody doing the show with me. I thought and I was forgetting something. It was so it, nice when I just do the intro myself and have monologues. Nobody wants to hear that, by the way. But I, I'm shocked. You, I haven't seen you this amped up before. You must got some, uh, well, some you topics that you really, no, really want to talk about. Well, no, 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 no. These are all topics you want to talk about. We, hey, I didn't create custom in the production meet. Yes, this is you all, did. No, I didn't. This is all you. You've texted me the last two days, but. The reason why I'm 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 in an extra good mood. I'm always in a good mood, JT, until I have to see you. But I'm all I'm in an extra good mood because we got extra candy in the house from the leftover Halloween candy. So that's great. We got the World Series going on, football. There's basketball, hockey, right? And then Sirius XM has the holiday music channel already on with holiday music that I can listen to for the next two months. So it's it's all good, man. You are officially an old ass man, but I, hey, I, I'm here for it. Whatever. What do you mean? I'm eating a lot of candy. <laughs> Those eight thirty a.m. trick or treaters. They left. They left you guys enough candy for to have leftovers. They did. They did not come back in the evening. Wildest thing I've ever heard. Trick or treaters at eight a.m. But hey, I guess that's that's DC for you. I guess. All right. So let's start with the NFL trade deadline that was this uh, past Tuesday, uh, four o'clock. JT, a lot of activity, but let's start with one that occurred uh, prior to Tuesday, which was the Roquan Smith trade by the Bears to the Ravens. In exchange, the Bears receive a second round and fifth round pick and a 10-year veteran, A.J. Klein. So I'll give you the deal. You let me know um, your thoughts on the deal. You can just ramble and give us give us your, your great insight. You know, we always talk about this all the time about trades when it comes to fantasy. You know, they're very rarely even, you know, somebody's getting taken advantage of on one side. But I actually like this trade for both because for the Ravens, I think they get that stud linebacker that they've been craving. I don't know if Patrick Queen's been that guy, but I think Roquan, well, he's led the league in tackles past two seasons. He's been he's been a Pro Bowl player. I think he's probably top three or four linebackers in the league. And now you add him to that Ravens defense that already has good players on it. Like, I think that's a big, big move for them. And then the Bears, I love it because, one, I think they're admitting that, look, we are in a full rebuild. We're trying to get as many draft picks. We're trying to unload as many of those contracts as we can. That's why they also traded Robert Quinn, I believe, to the Eagles. So 
they're unloading contracts, they're getting draft picks, and they're setting up, you know, cap space for next year. I think they're going to have over a hundred million next year, you know, once everything's said and done. So I like what they're doing. They're they're being realistic about where they are as a franchise. And I hope, I hope this means that they are still in on Justin Fields because this is how you help your young franchise quarterback out. Get him weapons. And how do you get weapons? Draft picks and cap space. So I like what I'm seeing from the Bears. They're finally doing it the right way. And I like what the Ravens did. They got another stud defender that helps them win now. Yeah, I, I mean, the only thing that I would push back on with the Bears is Roquan Smith was a first-round draft pick, right, JT? Yeah. He's still on his rookie deal, right? No, he is. Okay. And you could only get a second and a fifth. And we're going to get to a different trade later that a team – Close to you, got a first round pick on. Can I, so, can I, but this can is I, the other can, thing. Let, can, I, let me, can I say something about that? Let me, let me finish his stats, right? So, this is why I think he's also worthy of that first round pick. I mean, he's a guy that JT, he can play, you know, all three downs, right? He can play all three downs. He, he leads the league with in tackles 83, you know, going into week nine. He has two and a half sacks, five pressures, three pass break, breakups, two interceptions while allowing a 55.3% completion rate in coverage. So all of that said, Andy was a first-round pick. Andy's a young guy. I, I just feel the Bears could have got a first-round pick for him. Maybe there wasn't quite the interest, but that's the only thing I'll push back on. But you're right. How do you make a young QB better? Get them pieces, whether it's players like Tyreek Hill, veteran pieces, or draft capital and cap space. They're going to have, um, I don't know if you already said it, you know, over $100 million in cap space. So I think a great move by both teams. I would just push back on, man, get that first-round pick because Baltimore is going to have a back-end second-round pick. JT. It's going to be closer to a third-round pick at this point. I will say this. To, two things. One, to answer your question about why is they seemingly couldn't get more for Rokon Smith because I think that we'll talk about TJ Hawkinson probably at some point. Like it was very similar that that haul that the Lions got for him when they traded him to the Vikings. Let's just be honest. I think the reason that they weren't able to get a first is I just don't think the position he plays, like he's really like an off ball linebacker. I don't think they affect the game as much. So the demand for them is not high. Like they're, they're good. They're important. Like you need guys that can tackle, but it's like, Basically, linebackers, you're either really good in coverage or you're pass rushing. So if you're just an off-ball guy tackling, they can get guys to do that. Great point. He's not like a Micah Parsons that can, can put everything. that pressure on. But it's not to say he cannot. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you never and, know. And this is the other thing. Nowadays, you need to have that athletic linebacker that can go in the coverage. Sideline to sideline, though. Probably more so now than any other point in oh, yeah. NFL history. Because you're, so, you're going to be out there chasing the guy in it, practice that is the reason why it, you need to be athletic and linebacker. Exactly. You're going to find out real fast how athletic it, he is. Right. And like I said, this second-round pick, because Baltimore is looking like they're going to win the division, especially with what happened Monday night to Cincy, like – it's going to be closer to a third round level talent, right? Talent level. So, I mean, 
that's the only thing I think the Bears could have done a little if, better on. If you want me to pick one negative about this deal for the Ravens is I don't know how they solve this, but they now have two guys that are high-value players in Roquan and Lamar that are going to be free agents at the end of this year that are their own agents. So good luck with that. Uh, interesting point. Um, so you mentioned TJ Hawkinson, so let's go to that deal. The Lions moved TJ Hawkinson and their fourth round pick in 2023 and their fourth round pick in 2024 to the Vikings in exchange. The Lions get the Vikings second round and fourth round picks in 2023. So sum it up, JT Hawkinson to the Vikings. They they each swapped fourth round fourth round picks this year. But Minnesota picks up an extra fourth in 2024. The Lions get the Vikings second round pick this year. So thoughts on, on that move by Detroit? Well, if you can get a second round pick for TJ Hawkinson, that's automatically a win. I'm not a big fan of his anyway. I don't think he's that special. I thought it was a mistake when they took him that high in the draft to begin with. And you just look at the track record of the Lions picking first round tight ends like it ain't good. Like, Eric Ebron's another guy that didn't pan out. I think uh was it uh, Pettigrew a while back. Another guy they took in the first round at tight end just didn't pan out. Like, I don't think Hawkinson is special. He's definitely not in that Kelsey, Kittle, or even like the Kyle Pitts mode of tight ends that we're thinking about that are game changers. So I think they were on they were able to unload him and get a second round pick in return when I don't think he's shown that he is a franchise like type player. I think it's a win by the Lions. But I mean he could be good. I mean, what's his ceiling with the Vikings? Is it like prime Kyle Rudolph? I mean, if that's the ceiling, then, I mean, the Lions won that deal even more, in my opinion. So I, I'm just not a TJ Hawkinson guy, so I'm probably not the I, best person to ask about it. I, I just don't think he's special. I thought it was a mistake when they took him in the top 10 to begin with. And what has he done? Like, he, like there are guys that have come to Detroit that have outplayed him. But look at Amara St. Brown. Like, he's done better. Like, Swift, so, like they, they look I'm, like they have played better. I'm glad you brought that up. So a couple of things to unpack there. I know there's a disclaimer here to the fans, to the listeners of JT and the Don, that JT's never been a Hawkinson fan. So right there, you, you're showing a little bit of that bias. Hold but, on, hold on. But explain this, why I'm not a Hawkinson guy, because I didn't like him. I mean, Iowa players I, I, I tend to like, but I just didn't think he was like that game changer in – I think we had this argument about his rookie year. Like he had the worst rating of like any tight end ever but for his rookie is, year. And then you came back the next year. It's like, oh, he got better. You were wrong. But here we are. Whoa, He's whoa, being whoa, traded. Whoa. Was, I was not wrong. He had a spe- he had a good second year because I took him in fantasy drafts. And you're like, you know what? That did pan out. So I think you got to backtrack that because over four years and he's missed games. He has over 2,000 yards and 15 touchdowns. JT, that's not just like. I blow that off to the side. Like it's a tight end position that unless you're in Kansas city or San Francisco, you're not getting the usage. So that's one thing Detroit did wrong. They underutilized him. All right. That is why St. Brown and Swift look to have great stats because they probably overutilized those guys. And that's why Swift and Brown are now hurt. All right. And they're still young. But then on top of that, you've got, not only did they underutilize him, but 
you took them in the first round, which I agree they should not have. But what I always tell you about tight ends, I don't believe any tight end, unless you know they're going to end up like Gronk, should go in the top 10. I told you that about Kyle Pitts. You can't have a guy go in the top five. Like I mean, 10. Kyle Pitts could t- Kyle Pitts no. could be special, but we know but, we know what the problem is with that. But yes, that's a conversation but, for a different day. But that's still my 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 issue is that there's unless- there the, the the learning curve for that position is historically it's so steep that you're you're almost bound to have a not not get a return on investment if you take them in the top. But it's not only that they're going against guys like Roquan Smith every week, whereas in college they're going against linebackers that. You know, they're going are, against Corey Flagg or are, are running, you know, nothing compared to what Roquan Smith can run. So, uh, uh, again, this is the problem, though, with Detroit making this so move on, do, as do, well. So do you they don't, I feel like you're dancing around? Do you like the deal and who won? Give oh, me that. Vikings won this deal because they're swapping force and only have to give up second for a tight end position that. They've been trying to find an answer forever. Yeah, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, Irv Smith. Like, none of that's worked. TJ Hawkinson's going to work because they're going to find ways. Kevin O'Connell is going to find ways to get him, scheme him open. All right. And he has a legit quarterback that now he had it with Stafford. And I think that's when Hawkinson had success. Stafford's last year in Detroit. So Vikings win this. They don't have to give up that much. And this is why Detroit loses it. The dude was a top 10 pick. So you don't even get a first back, but then you traded him within the division, JT. That Who should, does that? That should that tell is, you how they feel that, about him. To like, me, I feel like no, 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 no. I look at it the other, no. I look at it the other way. You know what it tells me? Detroit Lions doing Detroit Lion things. That's only they would do that. Not even like the Cleveland Browns do that. Detroit Lions do this stuff. Hey, man, trade within I, the division. Hey. You you a glass half full type of guy. I'm a glass half empty. That that got that Donovan McNabb vibe to me. You know it when they they don't even trade backups inside a division. Like they very rarely do that. So we'll see what happens. But I will say this: Listen, I, I, history I, says I'm correct because the Detroit Lions are doing it. Yeah, well, I mean it's easy to bank on the Lions making mistakes. But I mean they've been looking good lately. I will I will say this: I'm not saying this is the reason, but I just want to. I just want to hype up my guy who I like as a sleeper player. I think this speaks a little bit highly of a guy they have on their team that's a rookie that I think is going to be a special tight end, James Mitchell. So watch out for that name. All right. Way to throw that in there, trying to act all smart. All hey, right. Look, hey, 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 I've been I've been I've been a Mitchell fan. I like what I like what I've seen in college. I think he has potential. So let's go to my Steelers. We traded away Chase Claypool to the Bears. For a 2023 second round not pick. Not in the division. Not within the division. And this is not the second round pick of uh, the Ravens. This is the Bears' sec- own second round pick. All right. So, JT, thoughts on this deal and who do you like it for? I like it for both. I know this sounds like I'm just a broken record, but I like it for the Steelers. One, because that receiver room has always been crowded, too crowded. And I feel like Claypool has always been the odd fit from a scheme standpoint and also just from a personality standpoint. It just seems like he's the receiver that, you know, when the media comes in and they want to dog a player, it's always him. You know, he's like immature. He's not doing things the right way. So he gets a new start, a new team. I like it for the Bears because we just talked about it. What's the best way to improve Justin Fields? Give him weapons. And this is a weapon. Like, 
I liked Claypool when he came out in the draft. I said he was one of my guys who was my top sleeper. I mean, physical freak. Like, they were calling him Baby Megatron. So we've seen him flash big playability both down the field and, you know, they can give him, like, the sweeps to run in for the touchdown. So I think you give a guy like that the rest of the season, Justin Fields, to work together. He's getting a lot of targets. Let's just see what they can do. And I think it could work out. Like, this is a steal. Like, I think if if Chase Claypool were on any other team but the Steelers and he had a good quarterback, I think he could be demanding, like, a max contract. Like, he could fool somebody into doing that. Or at least what Christian Kirk got. Like, the talent's there. It's just a team has to be willing to, you know, be invested in him in a locket. And I don't know that the Steelers were the right situation for him to do that. But I like it for both. I think you just took the film of me from two and a half years ago when we did our um, post NFL draft show. When I said Chase Claypool's a sleeper, he's being we compared both, to me- most like Claypool. Being, I definitely sound like Claypool. He's, he's being compared to Megatron. But all right, you just yeah, you were the only, yeah you were the you guy were, that said that. I was the only hey, guy you know, on he, this he show. Was the only guy in the industry that said this, and you know I didn't what? Say like, I didn't know I was working with a with a, a genius. Well, you should have known that already, but. I'm not saying in the industry. I'm saying on this show, I was the only guy that said it. Anyway, listen, got to love it for the Bears, JT. I mean, they finally get, I think, no disrespect to Darnell Mooney or Allen Robinson, but now you've got – Oh, much disrespect to those guys. What I'm saying is you now have that legit speedster. The guy's 24, has over 2,000 receiving yards already, 12 touchdowns in two and a half years. He's 6'4", 240, runs a 440, 40, all right, with a 40-inch vertical and a 10-foot, 7-inch broad jump. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. And you only giving up a second, which is what the Steelers picked him at, that's a great move because you still have the second-round pick now of the Ravens. You bring in Chase Claypool, who's more ready than any other second-round receiver that you would get and you actually get to see what he does now, and then you have another year to decide what you want to do with Chase. So that's a great move. And for the Steelers, listen, it was inevitable. So I agree with you when you say this was right for both teams because, heck, the Steelers got that second-round pick back, which I'm surprised we even could get that, considering we couldn't get anything for Juju, it seemed like. so. Yeah, but with, I think I think he's flashed way more upside than Juju. I think is, Ju, Juju was productive those first two years with A.B., but I think people just – you know how the NFL is. Like, people fall in love with freaks. Like, they knew yeah. he was a freak in the draft, and then, you know, you, you have these moments where it's like, man, like, if he could do that and work consistently, like, this could be a top-10 receiver. So, I mean, he's still young. Like, the, the, it's not like he's been hurt and athleticism went away. It was just Chase Claypool. Yeah, I just yeah, don't think, I, took, I just, don't, I just well, think it was a good situation for him. I, I agree with you. No, I totally agree. Uh, with yeah, pickings and, to that, like, but, like it's just but, too much. But that's the thing; they had to move on from him. That's why I don't fault the Steelers, and especially he was starting to get to the point where, like, I don't think they want to have any relapse of Antonio Brown situations. Yeah, you he, see it. He was starting to get that. You saw it on the sidelines against the Eagles, like. So I think it was time for both the Steelers and Claypool to part ways. This is my only concern with the Steelers now. You look at their drafting, right, JT? A.B., Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders. Then you go to guys like Martavis Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster, now Chase Claypool. They don't end up with any of those guys after their first-year contract except A.B. Like, 
at some point that worries me to say, hey, you're great at drafting these guys, but it doesn't matter because we never have either. We, we're we never reaped the, we never reap the yeah, long-term benefits. We're, exactly. We're missing a defense when we have them. We're missing a quarterback or we're missing an offensive line. Like what? That's great. You can draft these guys, but some of these guys, JT, they're not even getting to the end of their rookie contract now. And we're moving on from them. I don't get it. That concerns me. Are I, you think not developing I think that's them? just a trend in the NFL. Like because the rookies aren't getting paid as much as they used to, like it's going to be easier to move on from them before but, they finish their. But team. JT, these aren't guys like Debo and DK and AJ Brown that Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. Those are not guys. Um, Juju Smith Schuster. Those are not guys that can demand A.J. Brown, Debo type money or demands. I mean, I agree with you, but I mean, a receiver is only as good as his opportunity. So, like I said, if if Chase Claypool were in a situation where he were getting, you know, 120 plus targets a season, I'd be interested to see what his stats look like. But I get what you're saying. Fair. That's fair. All right. So let's go to your team now, the Dolphins, because they they were in in the uh, the news as well with the NFL trade deadline. They made a move for defensive lineman Bradley Chubb from the Broncos. So the Dolphins got Chubb and a 2025 fifth-round pick from the Broncos for a 2023 first-round pick, which um, the Dolphins had by way of the 49ers. And the Dolphins are also sending the Broncos a a fourth-round 2024 pick and newly acquired during the offseason running back Chase Edmonds. So, again, they get Bradley Chubb in a fifth-round 2025 pick, and they give up a first-round pick in 2023, a fourth-round pick in 2024, and running back Chase Edmonds. So, you being the Dolphins fan, I'll be quiet. I want to hear your thoughts. Well, first, the fact that we got rid of Chase Edmonds and we got the Broncos to take on his entire little contract, I think is a win in itself because he's been horrible. I mean, they've tried every opportunity to give him the job, and he just keeps dropping it literally um this is tough for me because it's it's a it's, it's multifaceted why i don't like this deal the first is bradley chubb and you know how i feel about chubb we had this discussion when he got drafted my rule is you don't draft pass rushers in the top five or ten if you're not for sure that they're going to be double digit sack guys in the nfl chubb i think he's had what one double digit sack season and that's it his first year but other other than that, I, like he hasn't done anything special. Like how many sacks does he have this year? Like he has not been a dominant pass rusher, especially how high he was drafted. And then there's the injury concerns. Like he's always hurt. So this is the guy that you waste a valuable first round pick on. So is this supposed to, you know, jumpstart our pass rush that's non-existent? Great, let's get another guy in here that doesn't get sacks. Like I don't understand what the Dolphins are doing, thinking this is going to put us over the top to win this year. The second reason why I don't like this is now the first round picks that we acquired, they're all gone and they're all spent on players that are supposed to help us win now. So what this tells me is they're sold on Tua. Now, don't get me wrong. Tua has played above my expectations this year. I've been thoroughly impressed. But at the end of the day, the things that I, I had reservations about with him, they're still there. He's still injury prone. He's still small and he still can't throw the deep ball. Now, Maybe that won't matter, but here's the thing. I at least want to keep this draft capital in case he doesn't make it through this season or the next so I can go acquire his replacement or somebody that has more upside to take this team to a Super Bowl. So 
I told you this would happen. Tua would play good enough to trick the Dolphins into extending him, and that's exactly what's happening. And that's why you made this move for Bradley Chubb. Don't send the first-round draft pick for a milling pass rusher if you don't think you have your quarterback already in-house. So it's 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 just a double whammy for me. Like, I I like the quarterback's improvement. I'm not 100% sold for the future, but I definitely don't want us to go out and waste the draft capital on a guy that I'm not even sure is going to be the best pass rusher we have. Like, he hasn't shown me enough to say, like, oh, he's worth the first-round pick. Give me the TJ Hawkinson deal. Like, I like I would feel more comfortable with that. But a first-round pick? Come on, man. Like, this ain't Von Miller we're getting. It's Bradley Chubb. So convince me I'm wrong. So a couple things why you're wrong. Rookie year, all right, you talk about double-digit sacks. Played a full season, 12 sacks, Jake. I said it. I said That's that. I said as, beside his all rookie right. season. Now, the other thing is, through eight games this year, he already has five and a half sacks. So technically, he is on pace for another double-digit sack season. The injuries did hold him back, but you can't always hold that against the guy looking forward if he has that double-digit sack potential, which he has. So right there, you should be happy. Two, he's coming to a defense that the offense helps him. So teams, unlike in Denver, where teams are going to be running a lot, if the Dolphins continue to do what they do, teams are going to be behind and have to pass, and that just means more opportunities for sacks where he can pin his ears and get to the quarterback, and that's what you're going to need come late in the season playoff time, especially a guy that can get after a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen. And this is the thing that you're so caught up in the first-round pick. So a couple things here. If you had told me, because I always say, JT, that's great you're accumulating all these picks, but if you're getting rid of all your talent, Tunzel and Fitzpatrick, what makes you think you're going to draft better guys than that and build for the future when you keep resetting the clock? Well, the Dolphins tricked me. They said, we're not going to just get draft capital to draft rookies. We're getting the draft capital to put a team together together to finally win and get Dolphin fans excited. Can't you just enjoy it? If you had told me, hey, those three first-round picks we're getting for like Tunzel and Fitzpatrick and all of that, we're going to end up with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Bradley Chubb, I'd be like, that's amazing. That's a great haul what you guys just did. For Tunzel and Fitzpatrick, you brought in three guys that are great. And you can't look at this in a vacuum. You, you move Edmonds, and I know you traded for Jeff Wilson. Doesn't sound like a big deal, but when you can start, I like that move because when you he's, can, he's familiar with the system. Yeah, and the contract's way less, and you're you're improving your roster. That is what they've done here. They've improved their roster without giving up a lot of assets in return. Now, you might say, well, that first-round pick's a lot. Here's another reason why I hope I'm easing your concern is it's going to – that's the 49ers' first-round draft pick. And right now, both the Dolphins and the Niners, I think they're ascending, and that's going to be a late first round anyway. So look at it as an early second round pick. Like, who were you going to pick there that, in my opinion, is more ready and better than Chubb? I don't know. Maybe there is a guy out there, but that would have meant your scouting department, which in the past has been suspect with guys like Deion Jordan, and we can go down the list. You're presuming they're going to make the right pick 
That is why I like what the Dolphins did. They're not taking this to chance. They're going to history, and they're saying Tyreek's the man. They're we, saying we, we suck hit. at drafting. Let's just buy the guys that are and, already. Hey, playing. we already hit on Jalen Waddle. Let's not push our luck. Oh, that's yeah, because I saying. mean the the jury is still on Jalen Phillips, who we love as a UM guy. Yeah. But I, I was like, mm, I don't know about that. We should. Yeah, him. it's it's still out on him too. I hope I hope it ends up being an it's, A grade. Yeah, jury jury's already been dismissed. Like he ain't he ain't <laughs> it. <laughs> they were sent home and everything. They're like, nah. They're like, nah. We don't, we don't, speedy trial. It's over. All right, JT. One last one that I, I felt we had to throw in because it actually is kind of a big deal or I think it could be a big one down the stretch. The Falcons traded Calvin Ridley to the Jacksonville Jaguars for a 2023 fifth-round pick if he is reinstated. If he is not, I believe it's only a sixth-round pick. So thoughts on, on that move real quick. Well, one, the Falcons, what are you doing? Like, I have no idea what the direction is. Like, you draft all these high-end offensive guys to trade away one that now you have with decreased value that's already proven in Calvin Ridley. So getting rid of him makes no sense to me. But for the Jags, I love it because what it tells me is they're all in on Trevor Lawrence. And next year, I think they're going to do what I predicted them to do this year. Like, you have Christian Kirk, who's already proven that we were wrong. It worked out. Etienne's getting better, and now you throw in Calvin Ridley, who's a Pro Bowl player. Like, like, how do you stop that team? Like, it, it's going to be fireworks. Like, they're going to be the Bengals South. Like, how the Bengals had that explosion with all these offensive weapons last year, that's going to be the Jags next year if Ridley's reinstated. So I think it's a great move for them, and it's low risk. He plays, you pay him for it. He doesn't play, you, uh, you, t- you gave up a little flyer pick for him. So it's – how you felt about Bradley Chubb is how I feel about this deal is like, he's already shown like, this is what we need. We need more weapons for our franchise quarterback and let's go out and get him the best one on the market. That's not going to cost us that much. And that's what they got. The funny thing about this is he would end up with the Jaguars when that's the team that he was betting on for the Falcons to lose. <laughs> that got him the suspension in the first place. So how that's ironic. why I think the NFL is scripted. Man. There's, there's, <laughs> there's no way. There's no yeah. way that, this is the reason why you got suspended is the team that you end up getting traded to. So yeah, maybe that maybe that means he's going he's going to ball out. He's going to have a Calvin Johnson type season next year. But this just means like tra- tra- Trevor Lawrence's stock to me is through the roof, man. Like, well, he's got to produce. He's going to have to produce. But I, I agree with you. I mean, this is a low risk move by the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you know. If it pans out, only a fifth-round pick, that's amazing. And it's not like he's having – I guess there is he – did, he did sit out some games last year for personal reasons, so you hope everything's okay with him there. But it's not like he did something illegal off the field that we know of, right? So, like, this suspension's different than some of the other suspensions yeah, that we – it's not like, like, like he's Josh Gordon where it's like, damn, we hope he can pass a drug test. Like, the man just or I was, bet on one game. Yeah, or I was even saying more like a Deshaun Watson situation, right? Like, like it's or a Kareem Hunt situation. It's not something that he did illegal off off the field. This 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 eases my mind. Like, if this is what I have to deal with, like one guy made one bet, I'm like, all right, we can live with this, right? And for the Falcons, you do wonder what they're doing, but I wonder JT at some point if they're like, hey, this guy, he's not going to end up playing a game for a year and a half. We've got young talent with Drake London and Kyle Pitts, your guy. Let's just move on. Like, let's get what we can get for him now. 
And you know what? If he gets reinstated and balls out, great. We at least traded him, not even within the same division or conference, but to the other conference, unlike your Detroit Lions. So I like, you know, I like how Kyle Pitts is my guy. <laughs> he, ain't, he ain't our guy no more. He's just no. My guy. Yeah, yeah, when he you. starts producing, he's our guy again. So before we leave the NFL, JT, I have a question. Nathaniel Hackett. There hold on, hold on. Be, be, before we go to Nathaniel Hackett, I want to ask you just one more quick question uh, regarding the trade deadline. We talked about all these great trades and, you know, guys that got new homes. But I want to talk briefly about the guys who didn't get their wish. So guys that demanded trades like Elijah Moore or Cam Akers or even a Brandon Cooks that, you know, voiced their voiced their 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 desire to be traded. Legitimate reasons why they should be traded. And end of the day, the team was just like, nah. I don't think so. What is your? Why do you think that teams hold on to guys like that? Where it's like it's not it's not like they're keeping a superstar, but clearly this person does not want to be there. It's a legitimate reason why they don't want to be there, and there's a legitimate market for you to trade them. Like, why do you think that teams hold on to players like that rather than you know trading them and getting something out of it? I I don't believe that there was a market, maybe. I mean, I know you say that, but we don't know. Do you know for sure? I mean, I, I don't know for sure. I, from what I read, the Brandon, I think I know for sure Brandon Cooks had a market because he was really upset. But, and and Cam Akers, I mean, like how much do you really want in return? And I know for Kareem Hunt, they said they wanted a fourth round pick. Like you're trying to tell me like no team is contending needs a running back would give up a fourth round pick for him. So I, I'm 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 not understanding. I'm feeling like it's more of the teams just don't want to let the guys go rather than all right. We're we're not receiving any offers, but it's also the value has to make sense. If I'm the Cleveland Browns and I know Nick Chubb's injury history and I know we're not getting Deshaun, even though he's got 11 games, they're they're not expecting him until week 13. Why would you move on from Kareem Hunt? You know, especially if you're not getting a fourth round pick. So and then like Elijah Moore, he's second year JT like, okay. Because it may say, set a bad precedent then that a second-year guy doesn't get his way, doesn't get enough targets, and then you immediately move him. Then that would mean anytime someone's not happy, they just demand trades and expect to get traded. It sets a bad precedent. So I think it's three things. Don't know if the market is there. Don't know if they're getting the value in return. And these guys are young players, even Brandon Cooks to a certain extent. But but, that, but I, I get what you're saying. They in, don't want to set a bad precedent. You're right. Unless, like, hold on. Like, like, what, like it, what is the what is the market for Cam Akers? Like how like realistically, how much is Cam Akers like, going to cost you? Where it's like this guy, he he's coming off an injury. He hasn't produced. He doesn't want to be there. You, you can gotta, give him away for nothing. No, but you got to understand something that they one saw talent in that guy and they drafted him just like sometimes we see in fantasy football even though it's called fantasy football it's not real like we're He's not like these players are decisions. real to me this is my but team no, no what i'm saying is we're not making decisions that affect the real team but think about it if you see it all the time we take a guy in the 12th round take a flyer on him we wait it out you know someone might offer someone and we'd be like ah that's not worth it i'd rather just hang on to him that's probably what happens here. Why would you move Elijah Moore? Tell me. 
Why would you move Elijah Moore if you're the Jets if you don't have to? If if, if not, okay, so if it were me and I were the Jets, I'd be like, look, I'm clearly not using him. So let, his value is high. He's young. He's on a rookie deal. People think he's still talented. But they might not be. Using but here's the thing: the, the, the thing why I can't give the Jets, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but the thing why I won't. Well, you brought it up. It, you brought it up. This is what they do because there's another guy on their team that plays the exact same position that is flashed that he is talented. They don't play him. And when he does get on the field, they don't throw to him. But and he requested a trade, but, and they don't trade him. But like, that's so you're just gonna have me ride the bench when I could be traded and give you some but, sort of return. But JT, that's my thing. Injuries happen all the time, and two, they need to have a backup. They they got so, they got a backup. Booby's backup backup. Like they, nah, they nah, got he, no. You're a second year guy. You have you have to know your role in the NFL yeah, and on so, the team. So, and they're making that Elijah clear. Moore is literally behind four people. This is why he wanted to be traded. So it's like. Are, are, are they not using him right and they don't want to be exposed if they trade him? Or are they just like, you know what? Nah, we're just going to keep all our, all our so guys for a Who's in day. front of him? Who's in front of him? Corey Davis, um, Garrett Wilson, Braxton Berrios at times because I, I see him getting more targets than him. And um, who's the other guy that's on their team? Maybe. Hey, listen. Maybe Elijah Moore has to play a little better to see the field. Their quarterback sucks. But, but why I mean, would you cut – why would you just trade a guy like Elijah Moore – who's maybe your third, fourth receiver, when you may not be able to find as good of a player out there at that position, third, fourth receiver. I'm trying to build the best roster I can. So why would I get rid of a guy like that? That would make no sense. What were they what were they really going to get for him? Didn't they didn't they take him in the second round, JT? They did. Okay. So if I'm not getting at least a third in return, which I doubt they were fielding any offers like that, why would I move him? I don't have to. Now you're just not going to answer your own question. Can we go on to Nathaniel? Go go, go on to another loser. I just, I I don't get it, man. I I just don't get it, man. It's like, I always, I'm always amazed, even though this is the most active trade deadline in NFL history, I'm just amazed at how many guys they put that they're like, this could have been an easy move. Like, Cam Akers clearly doesn't want to play there, and at one point this season they didn't want him. So it's like, Cam Akers still has name value around the league where, like, somebody's like, hey, we can just get that kid in here and we can we can make it work. Like, what do you want for him? And same thing with Brandon Cooks. Like, he could help a team win right now. I, I just don't understand teams, and I guess this is – we assume because they are they got the job, they know what they're doing. Maybe they're just dumb. <laughs> like listen, this guy we're gonna not, talk about. Let's let's talk about listen, this dummy. I'm not saying all GMs and front offices are correct. I, I'm not saying that. That I'm man giving that PC, that PC and, answer. He knows I'm he's saying, getting ready, he's getting ready to apply for one of these jobs. I'm just saying in in these situations. You're going for, you know? for, for, uh, for a scouting or personnel uh, job. All right, I so Nathaniel Hackett. Head coach of the Broncos. There were reports, all right, depending on where you hear it from. But I saw JT on the predominantly orange.com website, which I think is a Denver Broncos um, like fan base type website. That there were reports that Nathaniel Hackett, all right, would be fired this past weekend had they lost to the Jaguars. Now, They didn't lose to the Jaguars, so he was not fired. But if those reports are true or were true, and they they were going to fire him had they lost to the Jaguars, would would that have been the right move? 
Yeah, absolutely. Because we've said on this show, like from the first time you saw him coach as a head coach in the NFL, it's been bad. He's been unprepared. He's been overwhelmed. And it I don't understand how you can say like, okay, you're already what six, seven games in. It's like, all right, yeah, we made a mistake. You you can apply this to any other scenario in life. Like you do something, you realize it's a mistake. You what do you do? You get out of it or you keep going. Like you gotta cut bait. And it's even easier to make the decision because the other option is, do we fire this coach or do we get rid of the guy that we paid $250 million? Because I'm not so sure the $250 million option is a complete problem. So Nathaniel Hackett is easy. Like he had doubts coming in. Like nobody was really sold on him. And I'll say it again. He got this job because they thought they could lure Aaron Rodgers to Denver. And when that didn't work out, it's like, uh uh-oh, like we got to see what he's got. And I will say this, you're starting to learn that sometimes when you are the quarterback coach or the offensive coordinator for an all-time great quarterback, maybe the only thing your job requires is just being nice to that guy and getting along with him. Because I don't—I damn sure don't think he was calling the plays in Green Bay because they didn't look like this. So, yeah, they should fire him. Even if they would have won, I would have fired him because I think you hear reports that he lost the locker room after that first uh, that first game where it was the whole debacle with the field goal or going for it, they're saying he lost the locker room after that. And then there you're hearing other reports that, you know, it's just it's just miserable, miserable in that organization right now. Like nobody's happy. And I think Russ, I'll give him credit. He's I think he's taking a lot of the blunt of the blame. And, you know, rightfully so. He's a corporate man. He knows how it works. You're getting getting paid the big bucks. So, you know, it's publicly it's going to be on you. But I think you letting Nathaniel Hackett slide way too much. Like, he's been horrendous. Like, this is all I got to say. His job has been so bad that after the first day on the job, after the first game, he's like, you know what? I need to hire more people to help me do my job better because this is way too much for me. Like, yeah, I'd have fired him after that. After he came out and said, the job is too hard for me. Like, I think y'all hired the wrong person. I lied on my resume. Fire his ass. Fire him now. Like, and then if, if you fire him and he tries to come back in the, the building, fire his ass again. Like, it's over. Like, you messed up. It's bad. Th- that new ownership group, they got hella money. Whatever y'all owe him for uh, the rest of his contract, send that shit to him in cash so you let him know it's serious. He got to go. It's over. You have no compassion, man. That guy has. I damn sure a, don't because mortgage. He, he got the. He has and you know family. what? He'll be well compensated to pay that mortgage because it's guaranteed. Like, but he loses real. the he, dream job, he you know. Got the job NFL because Aaron Rodgers was his buddy. He he only got the job because he came to work and laughed at Aaron Rodgers' jokes. That's the only reason he got this job because he damn sure wasn't called the plays. Because this right, shit so does let, not look like Green let, Bay. If, if this was Green Bay, Russell Wilson would just be throwing to Cortland Sutton twenty times a game like he was Devontae Adams. But let's that's be, not what's happening. All right, let's be realistic here. So I think. You know, firing a coach because he loses a specific game and you're dictating that or or stating that ahead of time, then that's the wrong reason now. Or that's probably not the right move to fire him. Now, I will say, as I mentioned before, when we talked about new hires, this was my least favorite. Right. This was my least favorite. I said I thought they should have kept kept Vic. Vic Fangio and I'll keep, say, I'll keep and I, and saying I specifically it. said this will only be a good hire if they get Aaron Rodgers and they did not and this is what I was worried about so but my thing here though is JT listen Vic Fangio 
You well, yes, but if you're not, then you got to stick with him at least till the end of the year. You, I think you've got to give him time because if not, that just seems to me like eight games in. Sometimes it takes time for a coach, even in the NFL, first time head coach, to figure it out, to figure it out what works, how to interact with the, the players. You know, things change from when you go QB coach to a head coach. Heck, even from OC or DC to a head coach. So I think you've got to give it time. Now, what that means, though, is if you don't see any improvement and the team doesn't win and the team doesn't rally behind them, then by the end of the year, if not after the end of the season, then you let them go and you kind of start fresh. But, man, it, you've got to give the guy some time. It's not like he's did done anything illegal or put a bad mark on the organization by his actions. He's done. He's literally done all of those things. He no, has he has done illegal shit. Woo. He's stolen millions of dollars. How much? How much money do you have to steal before it gets classified as embezzlement? Like this is terrible. Like he's stolen money. And here's the thing: he has he, not stolen money. He's he, worked. He, he's he, put the hours he in. Ain't he ain't. Hey, he look, didn't get the results, hey, look, but he's hey, put the work in. If if. If if the work that he's doing is worth the money that he's making, I'm underpaid severely. Wow, like I, I need more money. Oh, no, you're on a permanent vacation. Ah, you lying. Stop telling people that. When's the last time you've gone into the office? You can't even recall. The last time I went in is right before they sold it. So that's pre-panda. There you go. You're but, retired. But here's, then. But here's you're the thing. Back to, point, back to a point you said. Am I retired? If permanent vacation. One of the if things. if they're you you trying to make this 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 narrative about me about me stick that I don't work I just laugh <laughs> it's jealousy you're bad. I've seen the life yes I you're am bad. jealous I want that life I you're am bad. jealous I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just not gonna sh- I'm not gonna share with you anymore my my the daily things that I do see see sometimes you know sometimes your friends are supposed to be happy for you meanwhile they they, they just try to I'm try bad. to stab you in the I'm happy. I want that too, though. He's, he's, he's like, I won't stop talking about it until I get it. But no, you brought up a point about, oh, you know, is, is it a good look that they said that, hey, essentially he's going to get fired if he doesn't perform in this game? That should tell you what the, the atmosphere is like behind the scenes. Like I told you, I've seen multiple reports that said he lost the locker room after the first game. So what that tells me is ever since he got there, he has not won those guys over, and they and they could see this coming. And I think that's why you haven't seen the players really talk about Russ. Because in Seattle, they're chirping. They're like, "Yeah, this guy, this guy was the reason why we weren't winning. We're glad, we're happy." But we haven't seen it in Denver because I think they know. Look, he's the lesser of two evils. Like right. this guy is not it. Like, and players know, and you just see it in the body language. Like. I feel like every week Melvin Gordon's a meme. Like he's just looking at somebody and like, boom, he's all over the internet. Like there's a reason. It's because the coach doesn't know what he's doing and the players know it. And you 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 see this in in, in pro sports, NBA a lot, and sometimes NFL. When guys can f- immediately figure out that you don't know what you're doing, it's over. Like same thing happened with uh, Petrino with the Falcons. Like it took them all of like three games for them to be like, yeah. He don't know what he's doing. And what happened? That locker room fell apart. People were calling out. And he's like, all right, I got to quit. I'm out. He left them a note. Like, you can't fool professional athletes. Like, you got to come with it. Big difference between him and Mike McDaniel. But, JT, this is the thing. They're, what, three and five through eight games? By luck. 
Bro, he no, should no, he, see, he see. should donate his he should donate his entire well half of his entire yearly salary to Greg Dulcich because if he doesn't have that last drive, or I think he caught like 87 yards on that drive, like they don't win that game. And they probably leave him on the tarmac in London, like he was Lane Kiffin. But JT, they're three and five. They ended up seven and ten last year. But they're, they're on pace for that again. Does their they, eye test tell you that they're a three and five team? But it doesn't matter. It it's does all matter. About, no, it doesn't. It's about results. The results are three and five. All right. Then are you going to fire? He so, sucks. Hold on. Hold on. Sucks. Should the Steelers fire Mike Tomlin? Nah, but that's different, man. Mike Tomlin, How is that? He got different? a Super Bowl, right? He got a track record. He got. But that's he's never my had point. a losing record, right? Hold on. But that's my point. This guy, you haven't even allowed him to get a track Bro, record. Please, please don't tell me your whole your whole argument is hold on to him. He might turn into Mike Tomlin. No, it is it is uh, not. But this but this if, is the if, thing. If, if I if I if I bet money with you that Nathaniel Hackett will turn into a Mike Tomlin, Tomlin I didn't say that. I didn't. I didn't say that. You're saying. You're saying the eye test. Well, the Steelers look pitiful, bro. Sometimes it's on the players. I'm not blaming Tom. What I'm saying here is, okay, funny how, hold on. You know what? Funny how Seattle looks great offensively. Oh, under Geno, but not Russell Wilson last year. Are you kidding me? Like, how can you then just say, get rid of the coach? Because you know what? They said the same thing about Vic Fangio and look where they're at now. So you got to let this guy at least play out the year so that when you do let him walk, you know for sure, hey, it was definitely him. He's out. And you know what? Players that are quitting, you're out too. So, I mean, it's not just on Hackett in terms of their record and the eye test. Now, the problem with the eye test, you're right, is it's pretty obvious as fans he has made mistakes. But you know what, JT? Aaron Rodgers, a veteran, made a huge mistake against Tampa Bay in that NFC title game. <laughs> but because they're all human, that stuff happened. Hackett's first game Monday night against Seattle, there was a lot of pressure. He probably did have a brain freeze and mismanaged the clock oh, at the end. Pissed down his leg. He shit the okay. bed. Okay. Everyone still, does that. Guess what? He showed me everyone that does that. Thing? Here's the, here's the, here's the, here's He's here's allowed the, to do that his first no, game. Is he not? not? You, here's the thing. You are, Coaches do it all the time. Maybe you're allowed to do that, but guess what? I, as the average fan, cannot see that. Because guess what? I'm pretty sure coaches all the time are like, they get nervous, they get scared. Like Kyle Shanahan did it in the Super Bowl, but guess what? I never for one moment thought that this moment is too big for him to attempt to do his job like once well, i know see what? that you know you what gotta go home you, you know what you gotta I, go home. I, I say that about jimmy g and guess what he continues to be the 49ers quarterback and they continue to believe they can win a super bowl with him hey, i don't hear you, you saying you talking, you're talking to the wrong person about jimmy g we're not turning this to a jimmy g show so we ain't doing mm -hmm. that but mm -hmm. hey look you say no i say yes fire his ass now and pick up the pieces later trust me it's the best move well one team that got rid of their coach immediately. The Brooklyn Nets, Steve Nash fired on Tuesday, relieved of his coaching duties for the Brooklyn Nets after a two and five start. So seven games in, two and five. Ironically, they lose the first game after they let go of Steve Nash. So the Nets are now two and six. So first question, JT, is should he have been fired so soon? Yeah, absolutely. He should have been fired last year because I told you he was a terrible coach. 
last year in the playoffs, he was easily the worst coach in the entire playoffs. Like, I know everyone thinks that players make good coaches, but look, man, that track record is not looking too hot right now because there's another guy out West who's a who's a damn good all-time NBA player that's probably going to get fired too. But, yeah, Nash was horrible. Like, he just – first of all, he couldn't control the team. Didn't I feel like they didn't respect him at all to listen to him to be like, all right, we're not going to embarrass you because you're Steve Nash. Like, we have this respect for you. Like, he just had no business doing any of that stuff. Like, I thought from the X's and O standpoint, like, his in-game adjustments were probably the worst in the league. Like, on display every night that he was the Nathaniel Hackett of the NBA. Like, so guess what? The Nets did what the Broncos should do. They fired their coach. And we're, I know we're going to talk about how they got, they're going to get a better one, but yeah, Nash had to go. Like, this is already a fire sale, and we don't need this guy who can't do his job dragging it down even further. I guess, you know what? Everybody should have their job, and everybody should have a chance. And, you know, we all just got to give them time. He had time. He had time. He's going to get all his money. He sucked. Oh. They have mm-hmm. underachieved beyond recognition. That man should have been fired. So you didn't let me finish. Because I know what you're going to say. It's the same no. bullshit. It's the same bullshit. No. Lo- no lo- love, love your coworkers and, you know, give them time. Like, damn, how much time we need? One, I don't sound like that. Two, I was not going to say. I was not going to say that. In fact, I was going to say, you know what? Because I mentioned this when it happened with Lloyd Pierce, and I think the NBA is a little bit different than the other the other sports where if the team doesn't believe in you, and your star players don't back you, right? Like Trey Young didn't back Lloyd Pierce in Atlanta, then you've got to move on. And if KD's not bought into Steve Nash, then you've got to move on. So yes, while it was super early, I think you and I had said, man, he got out coached in the playoffs. They kept him though, but two and five start, and and there must have been some rumbling from the star players too, which is why, hey, if it's time to move on because of the star players, that's fine. Now, with that said though, JT, well, you, well, you, well, you know, you know, you know how that works. It's like, well. We're losing the heats on us. We're not performing. We're right. going for let, the next guy to let, play because NBA players ain't taking accountability yeah. at all. Well, well, but that's what I was going to say was something similar that you know you talk about they've underachieved. Well, I would say, hey, the players got to look in the mirror too when you underachieve, especially in basketball. Especially in basketball, when you have a caliber guy like a, Ke- a Kevin Durant with other star pieces around him, whether it was Harden or now Simmons. So I'm saying you, you, you had Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving at one point. Like, I know they were injured at different points, but, like, at one point they were all together. And it's like, but, you but couldn't JT, make it work with two of them but, guys? But, JT, don't forget, Coach Spo had a tough time early on with the Heat in the big three when they came in because sometimes it does take time to build that cohesion, especially they traded for Harden after the season began. Now Simmons comes in. He's already bringing some baggage from Philly. So it is tough. Now, it is Steve Nash's job to be able to manage those guys in terms of getting them to work together, getting them bought in, and winning games. So you want to let them go? That is fine. All I'm saying, too, is, though, don't say he underachieved. If you want to say he was outcoached, that's fine in the playoffs. But don't say he underachieved because he does have a winning – a winning percentage as a head coach and 
some of it's got to go on the players too when they're not performing and they're underachieving individually. Bro, it is the Nets with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and at one point James Harden. But wait, like, wait, don't wait, give wait, me like, oh, they had a winning record. Wait, wait, You're wait, supposed wait. to. Didn't 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 Kevin Durant and Kyrie say something like, "We don't even need a coach." So you know, hey, some of it's got to go on the players too. I ain't gonna argue with you on that one. All right. So one last thing with the Nets, they get rid of Steve Nash. There are rumors. Now I don't believe it's been confirmed, but there are rumors that they are interested in bringing in as their head next head coach the suspended Boston Celtics Ime Adoka so would it be a, a good move by the Nets to bring yeah. him in as their next head coach yeah absolutely because I look at it this way this is probably one of the smartest things the Nets have done you have nothing to lose. Everybody already thinks you're a dumpster fire anyway. And here's the thing. In the midst of all the things that are going on with the Nets, Steve Nash getting fired, them underachieving, Kyrie's bullshit, nobody is going to pay attention that you're getting ready to hire a suspended coach as, as to replace the one you just fired. So they're like, look, everybody already thinks that we're the worst team in the league. We're disliked so much with the three stars that we have. Like, we can sneak Ime in the back door. We know he's a good coach. He has the resume. And now we get a legitimate coach for cheap, and nobody's even going to really pay attention. That's like page four news compared to what else is going on in Brooklyn. So I think it's a shrewd move. It's shrewd timing based on what's going on with their team. And if he does get hired, I think this could save their season. So excellent move. Now, of course, I'm doing this with the thought process that he didn't do anything illegal in Boston, just against company policy. Cause that's a whole other thing. Like, I don't want to make it seem like, Oh, he did some of the Sean Watson type stuff up there. Just, you know, uh, uh, abusing and harassing employees. And then now he gets this job. Like we still don't know what happened up there. He's just, you know, he, he had inappropriate relationship with the coworker. So as long as it was just company policy that he broke and not actual laws, then I'm fine with it. But I just want to put that out there. Like, I'm not condoning, like, yeah, he's talented. Like, who cares what he did in Boston? Like, just hire him. I'm just saying, like, if all the legal stuff checks out, I think it's an excellent move. And th this this could get them – so it, this could get it to work in Brooklyn, and it could get them to stay together. So I'm interested to see how it works because I do think Ime is a guy that, that can get that kind of respect that Nash couldn't. Well, let me start there where what you ended with in terms of um, his conduct. So it is concerning, though, what he did in Boston. So I think Brooklyn should not rush to make a hire here. And they need to vet the situation and get the whole story. They need to get all the facts. They need to get all the context behind it because – you start to hear different rumors that prior to their consensual relationship, he made some really inappropriate remarks to the female employee. And so I think as an organization, you've got to you've got to make sure it's a good fit and you have a responsibility to your employees with the Brooklyn Nets to make sure who you're bringing in as head coach and really any employee, but especially head coach who's going to be one of the faces of the organization that 
you have a responsibility to employees to make sure you're bringing in someone that fulfills the values and mission and character of what you want from your organization. So it's I'm Brooklyn. Glad. Like I'm, their their culture is broken. Their culture is whatever it takes to win, and we take the the shortest path well, possible. But so but, this is right on brand for them. But that's the thing has not been working. They look like a, a poorly run organization. So why? When do you want to turn it around? So don't keep making bad decision and bad move after another. I'm not saying that hiring him would be a bad move. I'm saying you need to do your work first and not just jump to it because he's the most attractive uh, head coach out there in terms of name and, you know, the appeal of it, right? Because he's just coming off of an NBA finals. I, I, I hear you. I raise you this. Usually, uh, usually when you see things like this happen in sports and you see like something crazy and you know, a team's just jumping for something, sometimes that tells me that they weren't the only ones that were buyers. So, well, but this is the thing, JT, it's not a done deal, but this is what's interesting. And this is what would worry me as the Brooklyn Nets. Do you know what they have to give up to bring him in as head coach? Because he's still under the. They need permission first. If not, it's tampering. They need permission first from the Celtics to speak with him and then to hire him. You know what the compensation would be? Is it is it Belichick like? It's the Celtics are willing to give him away for nothing. No compensation. That shows, Normally, that, that shows you that it's the system. It is Joe Missoula, and that is the coach of the year. So your pick was right. You, we, we said this would happen. It's like if Missoula does well, Right. What's the value of Emay to the Celtics? And we right. see it's nothing. Right. He is can makers. Right. <laughs> I don't know about that. But but that's what concerns me is, yeah, maybe part of it's Missoula and how they're playing well. But the other part is what he did must have been somewhat unforgivable. Or maybe, the, like I said, because maybe, think he, about this. maybe, he, maybe think, he just messed with the wrong person. I know that's the rumor and that's hey, what look, we've been saying. Look, man, I, like, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. All I'm saying is, even if even if he did do that to the wrong person, JT, the Celtics could at least ask for a second round pick and the Nets would give it to them. That's that's what is boggling my mind is they don't even want anything. They're like, have him. So uh, he's a he's a really good coach. How do you not at least ask for a first or a maybe, second? Maybe he's not a really good coach. And it's the system. I, we're going to find out really soon because. Look, they either get in Phil Jackson or they get in 2022 Doc Rivers. So we're going to find out real fast which one Eme is. I, I I think he's a good coach, but it is troubling that they're willing to give him away for free. Because anytime a player is get, or a coach is given away for free, usually a defect. Yeah, I, that uh, that's what I'm saying. I, I agree with you. I think he's a really good coach, too, regardless of what Joe Mazzula is doing right now with the Celtics. All right, so can we go to our favorite – um let's do it segment one of our favorite segment weekend predictions i'm pretty sure i've closed the gap so i know i've been making some horrible picks i've been i've been too outlandish <laughs> i've let you creep back into this competition that really wasn't a competition to begin with he, he's gonna rein it in a little bit all right i need you to mess up a little bit so let's start first with college football all right i've narrowed it down there, there's only three games that really matter this weekend to to jt and i first one jt I didn't think we'd be saying this at the beginning of the year, but Alabama at LSU, a top 10 matchup. Who you got? Bama. 
Yeah. I've I got, got to I go gotta win some. I've got to go Bama too. I, I just I just don't see how LSU wins this game. LSU not at that level yet. Yeah, right. I don't see it the first year under Brian Kelly. This is the big one. This is the granddaddy of them all, maybe all year. Tennessee at Georgia. Who you I hate to, this. I who hate you got between the hedges? I hate this because Tennessee is such a great story, and I think they're a good team. But in what planet do they have to play Alabama <laughs> and Georgia? Like, like, with like Florida and, in between. With Florida, like exactly, in like, like. Who who was the person that was AD that 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 set this up like three years ago? Like, uh, like I, I just hate it because like Tennessee is so talented. They deserve to make the playoffs just based on what I've seen. Like, I want to see them in the playoffs, but it's yeah, like me too. Me too. There's no way they could beat Bama and Georgia in one year. So I gotta pick Georgia, and it it's because it's just Newton's like the law of averages. Like, yeah. <laughs> They can't, I, I, they can't beat Bama and Georgia the same regular season. And then to have to beat Georgia on the road, I, I don't see it either. So I'm I'm going with Georgia too. Um, but I do wonder, they can pull it off. They're my if, favorite to win it all. And if Hendon Hooker has another big game. Against that defense. he's He's got to be Heisman. I mean, yeah. it, would, it would take a, a major collapse at the end for him then not to win the Heisman. A literal collapse like he would have to not be playing. Or they lose the remaining games and he plays bad, but I don't see that either. All right. This one matters to us the most. So I had to put it on there. It's the rivalry game. I mean, it is a big game. To me, to me, <laughs> it is a big game. To me, this is this is the best college football rivalry there is because it it determines so many national titles, but it also has that venom, that hatred, the players, the the schools. The fans lately, like, it has that embarrassment <laughs> on one side or the other, actually. Yeah. So, FSU at Miami, JT, who you got? Miami, we've been winning ugly a little bit lately, but I don't know how it's going on. We don't look good, but I mean, FSU has fallen back to earth as well. So, uh, I gotta go with my team just because I, if you would have asked me this four weeks ago, I'd have been like, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna stomp us, but. They just haven't looked as good as they did since that LSU game. And we're we're finding ways to win with the losers that we have. So I'm going to go Miami. I think it's going to be – it's either going to be really close or we're going to blow them out. Well, we didn't find a way against Middle Tennessee State or Duke or UNC, but I don't know what games you're watching. Uh, I'm going to – Virginia. UVA, Virginia Tech and UVA. Hey, look, man, hey, hey, a win is a win. A win oh, now it's a results-driven it, business. Yeah, result now it's all, it ain't about the process. It's about the results, uh-huh. So Give him time. <laughs> hey, that's what you're saying about Mario. Nah, so, nah, he, he's earned it because this shit is Wow, bad. he's earned it. Four games in, he's earned it. We lost the middle of Tennessee State and UNC and Duke. Anyway, I'm going to go Miami, JT, just because that's our school and – can't pick Florida State. Heck no. Nah, because nah, some some people would never let you hear the end of that. Nah, I wouldn't let myself hear the end of it. All right, so let's go to the NFL, finish off strong here. We got four games, in my opinion. You wanted to do like six or seven, and I, I didn't think that they were worthy of it. So Titans at Chiefs, who you got? Quit rolling your eyes. 
I'm gonna go on a limb here. I'm gonna take the Titans. Yeah, good. Like, yeah, I'm making yeah, a comeback. No, because no, because I, 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 feel like every, I feel like every time the Titans play a team like the Chiefs, they just run it down their throat. And we're like, how the hell did they win this game? Uh, Derrick Henry's questionable. I saw it on the fantasy list. I got I will, the Chiefs. I, I will say no, this. You can't change it. No, 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 no. I'm not changing. I'm not changing my thing. I, I will say this. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a secret. I'm probably gonna shoot myself for doing this. When people don't practice on Wednesday or they're on injury report, that's like they do rest day. That don't count. So if he don't practice tomorrow or he's still injured, then I'll be like, uh, but like Derek Henry just chilling, man. He's going to play. He didn't practice on Wednesday, but he was not on the report. No, like when they don't practice on Wednesday, like if you if you notice this year, like a lot of players, yeah. like they're, they're always not. That's their load management day. It's the, low, it's the Kawhi day. Exactly. So I'm going with the I'm going with the Kawhi Titans. Wednesday. Kawhi, Kawhi Wednesday. Wednesday. There we go. Every All day right, is so, Kawhi Wednesday for him. All right. So you're going Titans. I'm going Chiefs. Vikings at the Washington Commanders. So you've got Kirk Cousins going back to his going former back to team. Cali. Uh, who you got? I hate I hate this guy as a player because I don't think he's really good. But like every anytime he does something in the game, people just like fall to their knees like he's God. Like anytime Taylor Heineke does something that a normal quarterback does, it's like, oh my God, it's, it's Heineke. Did you see what like, he did? Did yeah. you see what he did? It's like, yeah, I saw it. Like, like it's a quarterback. He's supposed to It was to come a back five yard out route from the near hash. Uh I, I'm going with I'm going with Washington just because I don't I don't I don't make any comeback. I don't think I don't think Heineke makes them better, but when he plays, Washington <laughs> players think they win. Like, like it's like he walks into a room and everybody gets this like cough is like Brady walked in and they start playing better. I don't know what it is, man. You're saying so, he's the opposite of Nathaniel Hackett. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Like he walks into a room only in Washington, morale goes up. Nathaniel <laughs> walks in, everybody starts quitting. So I'm gonna go with the commanders just because Heineke's playing and they'll 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 be a bad team, but they'll just believe they can win. All right, I'm going the Vikings. I think Cousins has a big day. I think Justin Jefferson has a big day. Washington got lucky last week. They've had some lucky wins. I don't think they get it this weekend. All right, Rams at the Bucks. Ooh, two teams that I do not believe in right now. I'm gonna go with the Rams. The Bucks are just broken to me, man. Like Tom Brady's divorced. Like he don't want to go home now. He don't want to come to work. Like. Life is just miserable for him. So, uh, the Rams, they coming off a bye. So they came off a bye, so they look a little bit better. Um, I, I got to go with them. I just trust them more. I, I reserve the right to change this because I got to see if Cooper Cup's actually okay because I know they're like, oh, it's no structure. There's no reserve the right here. This is in the court of law. We're not coming back on you know the what? You know what? You don't forget about it. I'm changing my hands. I'm going with the GOAT, the real Taylor Heideke, Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady gets it done. What am I doing? I'm not betting against him. I was going to say, man, I was going to be free. I, mean, Listen, I, 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 I talked I myself. Be... See, it's the Taylor Heideke effect. Like He got me thinking I could just pick anybody. <laughs> no, I'm picking Brady. I was gonna, I was gonna make three games up on you here, and you stuck stuck with the Rams. I'm going the Bucks. This is usually when championship caliber teams, which they are, super, former Super Bowl team, Super Bowl champions, Tom Brady. This is when those teams rise to the occasion, compete, win, steal that victory. They're at home. I'm going Tampa Bay. So let's finish with the last game on the schedule of the NFL and for the football weekend, 
It's the Monday night game. The Ravens at the Saints. JT, who you got? Oh, easy. Pay that man. <laughs> Pay that man. <laughs> it's trust, man. I'm going with the Ravens, man. I'm never going against the Ravens. In prime time? Woo! I'm, I'm, going the, I'm going the Saints. They're at home. It's always a little wacky in the Superdome, especially late in the year. They've been competitive. And the Ravens barely got through last game. So I'm going with the Saints. So I can make up three NFL games. It's going to be a great weekend for me. Keep it going. Close. And, close just, the, and uh, just like fantasy the football, he'll be regretting it by 104. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yep. Pretty oh, much. Another thing before we, before we sign off, man, you got to stop doing this on the weekends. Like, <laughs> I can't get any rest because here you come texting me at 7 a.m. asking for fantasy advice. Bro, I let, let me at least make it to 1030. Like, no, I, I don't have time. time for that. We don't have people in the working world. Not on the Sunday JT world. On Sunday. On, on the, yes. The, the working, working world, world on Sunday. Tell me about it. Not the JT world. The working world. We've got deadlines to hit. We've got things to do. I've got to get my lineup in. Before I end up doing things during the day, going to mass, I don't got time nah, to play. You know, nah, to he's play like, games. he's like, he's like, I gotta get my lot upset before I do something stupid. <laughs> he's like, before I before I make a big mistake, I need to consult him, bro. I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna set up a, a a time frame for you that you could you can get all your fantasy information, but it it can't be at like seven a.m. Like I'm I'm rolling over at six a.m. You know, waking up for five seconds. I already got five text messages asking me starting sick questions. We 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 gotta renegotiate. How this about seven thirty a.m.? Nah, bro. How about eight? How about eight a.m. Eastern time? You doing that now? Eight a.m. I'm already in a full blown conversation with you, but I'm like half asleep. Perfect. No, perfect. That's, that's not fine. perfect. That's what I'm trying to tell 801 you. Eight oh one a.m. Eight oh one a.m. Eastern so time. He's he gonna keep doing this. Anyway, go ahead. Five five a.m. Pacific time. Nice try. I could count. No, no. All right. So, JT, great episode. A lot of good stuff there. We broke down all the major trades in the NFL. That's why the fans and listeners come and listen to JT and the Don. You don't need to go listen to ESPN or or Fox Sports or anything. You come straight to us. We'll break down the trades for you. Give you the best analysis and. Don't forget to please subscribe to us, JT and the Don All Sports Podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And remember to please follow us on social media, our handle at JT and the Don. We can be found on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. So, JT, fun episode as always. Had some good laughs. I won again. I'm closing the gap on weekend predictions. World Series, holiday music is on. Extra candy in the house from Halloween. He's closing, the, he's closing the gap because he's stacking a deck. He's like, oh, we're only going to have three games this week. We'll have 10 games next week when the gap winds. So and I let you I, go. I, I, yeah. And I let you go first. I let you go first so I can pick the opposite team. It's, it's beautiful. It's your world. I'm just watching from the outside. It's beautiful. I love <laughs> Here it. Here we are. Finally, finally, I get some respect on this show. Finally. 
manufactured, but here we are. All right, JT, great episode, man. And until the next episode, see ya. Peace.